Welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. I am your host, Diogen Tirandekura. On this show, you will discover the realities, the successes and the struggles of business management and information technology consultants in the fast-moving B2B world. So stay tuned if you want to know more about what it takes to have a consulting lifestyle. My guest today is Amber Brooks. Amber Brooks is the founder of Brand Individuation, a company that she created very early in her career. And Brand Individuation's mission is to help impact-focused companies, organizations, and community builders in their brand strategy. But Brand Individuation is doing brand strategy in a specific way. I will not say anything more now about it. You will discover it during the, during the conversation. And the other thing is that we will not only be talking about branding, but also about entrepreneurship in general, processes, systems, client acquisition strategies, etc. So this episode is a very complete episode that is done with a very young entrepreneur, very talented and, uh, and very clear about, uh, about what she does. So without further ado, let's start the interview with Amber Brooks. Hello and welcome to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast to Amber Brooks. Amber, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking and having me on. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. And uh, I know that uh, you are um, very active in uh, branding and, uh, and marketing. So you're like a brand strategist. Uh, but first for the audience, could you uh, please uh, introduce yourself by uh, sharing your story? So I started as a copywriter, actually, when I started my business. And as I worked with clients, I realized that I wasn't able to effectively do my job because they didn't have the right information to bring to me. So they couldn't really explain who they were, what their values were, what their mission was, who they were really serving, and how to explain the way that they were different from others in their industry. Okay. So as I kept seeing this come up over and over, I thought, wait a minute. These people have a gap that they need help with. So I'm going to learn everything I can about filling that gap for them and mm -hmm. hone in on that and do that because there are a lot of copywriters out there and there are a lot of copywriters who were feeling the same frustrations I was. Mm -hmm. And we all want to do the best for our clients, right? But mm -hmm. if they're not able to bring the right language to the table, no copywriter can write the right words for their business. So that's how I got into the brand strategy and marketing strategy specifically. And, and uh, which year are we talking about? When, when, in which year did you start to be a copywriter and, and then switch to uh, branding? So I was doing copywriting in the beginning of 2017 And after about eight months of seeing the same thing come up over and over, mm -hmm. I was like, okay, it's time. It's time to make a little bit of a pivot. And by towards the fall of 2017, I was 
already building out frameworks to fill this gap. Amazing. Uh, honestly, most people will have, uh, and I was expecting an answer like uh, I've done copywriting for five years. Uh, most people will have talked in years. Here you're talking in months. So you, you hardly started and you directly saw, uh, directly saw a problem. You directly saw the gap and you went very quick into uh, trying to uh, plug the gap by uh, providing that, uh, that brand service. Uh, and you help both copywriters and clients then uh, by, through your service. That is true. I have worked with copywriters and I've helped copywriters with their clients' work. So it's been amazing. I'm a really fast learner and a really fast yeah. pivoter. So um, it's really important to me to be able to find a solution and fill that solution like as quickly as possible. I'm not someone who likes to take my time. and I like to see results, right? And clients uh, yeah. like to see results. So why not? Not move fastly, like right? Why not, right? Yes, yes. Uh, in in a sense, uh, yes. Uh, in a, in another way, there are some. Um, there is some perverse effect in uh, in part of the of the B two B consulting industry, and I, I don't know if that applies to to your uh, your part with copywriting and branding. But some uh, some consultants sometimes they like that the project takes more time than what it should. Uh, because they build by the hour, and then uh, the more hours are built, the better it is. Uh, do you have do you, have you seen that perverse effect in uh, in the in the copywriting and uh, marketing industry? I've seen it both ways. So I've uh -huh. encountered copywriters who like to charge hourly and like to charge day rates and like mm -hmm. to just get their clients very quick results. I've also seen the other side of things, right? So there are some conversion specialists, for example, who like to put a lot more time into the research aspects, into the client interviews and those sorts of things. And sometimes, especially if you're working for a very large enterprise or a startup, those types of things can take a lot of time. It really just depends on what the result is that you're looking for and the company that you're getting that result for, right? Oh, excellent! And um, how do you uh, how how do you brand uh, your, yourself or your uh, or, or your service? So uh, when you started uh, in the fall of 2017? Yeah, so that's a really good question. Um, for me, my theory is that you can't just brand yourself based on your own personality because that's very one dimensional. Mm -hmm. It's much more valuable to add in your audience's identity and how that identity connects with your own identity and how pulling those together into the right message and putting that out there can help people see the, the connection that they can have with you. So for me, it was really about listening, listening to what my clients were saying about the experiences, about me, about what they were looking for, about the results they were getting, about the process. All of those things ended up being infused in my own brand. So part of the process is just weaving in that all of that great feedback that I was getting. Oh, excellent. And uh, what type of uh, companies, organizations uh, do you work with, if there is a specific type? 
Yes, there is definitely a specific type. I love to support impact focused businesses, organizations, and community builders. And that can look like a lot of different things. Impact means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, right? Yes. But it really all boils down to how are we all using our time in this world to make a significant difference, to really alter the future of those who are coming after us. That can mean a lot of different things, right? True. But it's all about how you're standing up for the mission that you're on and how you're out there doing things, taking action to promote a positive change. So it could be um, uh, environmental organization, uh, organizations that work for societal change. Do you have like one example without, without necessarily giving a name? Uh... Yeah, totally. So one of my clients has several businesses, but one of them is focused on providing transitional services to people who are exiting the prison system. And giving them opportunities and possibilities and encouragement to make the positive change that they want to see happen, to get back on their feet, and then to go out and be a successful part of the communities that they're in. Oh, excellent! And and then you you it goes to the point that you mentioned uh, before about uh, looking uh, tying the audience's identity to the brand uh, identity of the of the client. Um, so, do you help or do you work actively with the client in determining its uh, audience identity? Sometimes, um, most of the time, though, these businesses are already working businesses. They're already established. They already have an audience, but a lot of times they've gotten to where they are almost in spite of themselves, word of mouth. They're just going out there and doing the things that they see need to be done in order to make the change that needs to happen. And now it's time to really focus on, okay, well, how do we, how are we showing up in the world And how can we take our brand and focus in on it so that we can meet, reach more people and make a bigger impact and help make a bigger difference in the world? Yeah, yeah. And um, so th those organizations must have then uh, already a certain, uh, a certain size because if they, if, if they want to make uh, an impact, uh, which I think is a, a big impact, uh, whether it is in terms of numbers of people involved or the, the magnitude of the, the problem itself. Uh, these are pretty, pretty big organizations that you, uh, that you work with. It's not startup, for example. They're typically, I like the, my sweet spots, the small to medium size. So about 50 employees is mm -hmm. a really good size. They're not so big that it's hard to really hone in on the brand and the marketing and get their whole team aligned to it, but they're big enough to where they have made a great impact already and they're ready to grow and they have the team to do it. They just need the strategy and the plan to implement and carry it out. Okay. Okay. So in the, um, in the audience, uh, we have, 
part of the audience. I'm trying to have as big an audience as possible, but for sure, uh, the show is a bit targeted to uh, to uh, business to business uh, consultants, business to business uh, service providers, and uh, usually uh, the, the the that type of demographic is. Uh, very uh, skills, uh, hard skills oriented, hard skills focused. So um, through the hard skill, we will provide uh, a service to uh, um, to one client or to or to many clients. But you, as a as a brand specialist, and with that uh, brand that you have called brand individuation, uh, what type of mistakes uh, do you see? Um, uh, B2B consultants or B2B service providers uh, doing uh, repeatedly? How to approach this question? Because oh. this question could have a lot of different answers to it. Yeah, but true. if we're talking about B2B service providers marketing themselves, mm-hmm. then a lot of times we get caught up in marketing in a way that we believe people want to hear our message. Oftentimes that doesn't actually line up with the things that people want to hear or need to hear at the time. So our perception of what we think their problem is may be completely different from the thing that they think their problem is. But a lot of times we get so caught up in trying to guess at what that problem is that we don't actually take the time to talk to them and figure out how we need to be communicating what their solution is that they actually need. Yes, and uh, it's a great point uh, that you give. It's something that I see very often, uh, this tendency to, to jump at... Oh, what we we have the solution. We have the answer the, the, to jump to uh, having uh, providing the solution to the client before uh, making sure that we have uh, completely lis- listened to uh, the the clients uh, the clients requirements. Uh, that happens, uh, yes, yeah. very, very often. Um, and today, I mean, uh, you you started uh, in the fall of two thousand seventeen. You had your. Um, you started to uh, give, provide your first offers, uh, but today we are in uh, early 2020, so uh, two almost almost two and a half years uh, later. Uh, do you work with a team, or do you work uh, do you work completely alone? Uh, do you collaborate with partners? I do collaborate. I have a creative director, so I do not do any visual branding, and that is very confusing to a lot of people because when you say brand, people think of logos, they think of colors, they think of font. But Mm -hmm. what your brand is, is really so much more than that. And once you figure out what exactly your brand does stand for, you still do need those visual pieces to align and reflect that inner brand. So Mm -hmm. the creative director comes on and takes the work that I do and puts it into visuals, puts it into websites, puts it into printed collateral or digital collateral and that sorts of thing. Mm -hmm. And then if our clients do happen to need more conversion-focused copy or Facebook ads or a funnel strategy, then we can outsource those things or then we can refer those out. Oh, excellent, excellent. So you you will collaborate then with, uh, you outsource that to, uh, to partners uh, that can complete the work, uh, the work for you um, or on, on your behalf at least. Um, <clears throat> you, you directly then, um, are, are, you, are you working like... Uh, 
in the business, meaning uh, are you involved in the delivery or you're not involved uh, in the delivery uh, anymore and uh, you're more in business development, uh, shaking hands, uh, trying to find new clients? I'm very much involved in the delivery. Um, so the signature offering that we have is a brand and marketing guideline that outlines the brand's identity, but also their key messaging and their marketing strategies. And I work very closely with the clients and their clients and audiences to define that identity and messaging and marketing strategy and to put it into the guideline. That is very much me. Mm -hmm. oh, and, and but the creative director does her implementation as well. Um, and we have other team members who do some of the day-to-day. -day. A lot of our day-to-day -day operations, honestly, are we're using automations and systems and processes for that sorts of thing. Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, do you have one example uh, of uh, of tool, but maybe not the tool, like the process uh, that is automated and that you decide to uh, to automate for your uh, for your company? Yeah, so I loved Absato and Asana. Those are amazing programs. And I also use Active Campaign. So when I have a lead that is interested in working with me, I send them through a lead capture form through Dubsado. And there is a whole workflow set up in Dubsado already ready to go. So everything just runs like clockwork. They come in as someone who's interested in working together. They fill out a lead capture form. We have a call. The workflow then sends them a proposal, which has a contract and an invoice attached to it. They have automated emails that get sent out to them with their questionnaires and their templated emails that they send out to their audience to do our intros so that I can connect with their clients. I have an automated testimonial request that goes out once our project completes. A lot of these things people don't realize you can actually set up on autopilot. You know, a lot of people lose track and don't get testimonials and don't get case studies because they don't realize that you can set up systems to collect these things for you. So yes. oh, it's just a matter of finding the right program, right? And the right integrations. Yes. And uh, it's uh, very interesting what you said. Can, can, you, can you repeat or spell the name? Because I never heard of Dubsado. D-U-B or? Dubsado. So it's spelled D-U-B-S-A-D-O. Oh, okay. 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 Perfect. It is a very robust CRM system. It has a scheduler built into it, proposals, questionnaire forms, invoicing, just it's very robust. And the team is very supportive. So if you have any questions at all ever, they're always there to support their customers. Oh, that's excellent. And uh, it, it, because you, you say that um, uh, the, the proposal and the contract are also sent automatically. Uh, are you, but you do change some of the details of it, like of the contract, for example, the price or something like that. Do you 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 change that, or it's actually a, a pretty a pretty uh, steady pricing that you have? 
It's pretty steady. Typically, I can go in and tweak it if I want to for one-off case, case-by-case case basis. Um, but I love my systems. I love my processes. I love things to run like a machine. Mm-hmm. And it works. You know, the system yes. I have, it works for the clients that I have. So no, you, you why, are definitely, uh... why mess with that? Exactly, you're definitely a great, uh, a great example uh, for uh, for the audience because um, you only, in my opinion, it's 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 a young company, so you you created it uh, two and a half years ago, and uh, you already automated a lot of uh, a lot of processes so that you can you and your team can focus on a on a higher uh, value uh, higher value task, basically less repetitive uh, less repetitive tasks, uh, and they are still. Uh, maybe a marketer or other B2B service providers who after two years, five years, they are still doing pretty much everything uh, uh, manually. So I uh, know that's a great example. And uh, You're you right. Have- and I have actually copywriters asking me all the time how I set up my processes. So it's really <laughs> interesting. But I mean, I'm all about working smarter, right? Like we don't need to keep doing the same things over and over. Yes, yes, yes. You're so right. So then you could, you could also uh, offer that service then to copywriters themselves, <laughs> like um, how they could work, uh, how they could work more efficiently. And and uh, and how many? You you mentioned that there were other team members. How, how many you have? I really just work on contract by contract basis. So oh, okay. I like to run a lean team here. But if I need to bring more people on, I can bring more people on, and I'm happy to if that's what's needed for the client. But that's not always needed. Yeah, that that leads me to the to the next question. Uh, in terms of uh, the, the the future of your service or the future of your uh, of your business, uh, what are like your uh, ambitions? Do you want to grow in terms of a team, or you want to grow more in terms of number of clients, or other things? Yeah, I. I hear you. So uh, right now I'm running basically a micro agency. At some point, I would love to run a more robust agency and have team members under me who know my frameworks, who know my processes, who know how to carry out the brand individuation process that I use. That's not something that I'm going to be moving towards in the next one to two years, but in the next five years, certainly I'd like to grow to that point. Right now, I'm really enjoying working with clients one-on-one and having the conversations, and especially now that I'm moving to local in-person consultations more, that's where I'm focusing my energies at the moment. Ah, okay, okay, and um, that's that's um, how, how do you acquire and uh, and uh, retain uh, clients? Do you go to events? Uh, do you reach out on LinkedIn? Uh, I do. So in the past couple months, what has been working really well has been going to events and meeting people face to face because that does build a much different relationship than your, you know, typical digital strategies. Mm-hmm. Um LinkedIn has also been pretty effective for me. And again, it's just about building relationships and focusing on giving value over marketing to everyone. 
um, word of mouth works really well. And I also have some JV collaboration agreements. So I either can whitelist my services out to people like web designers or collaborate and then they can refer people to me. And then we establish a partnership and it's just very, it's very, it's value based on both sides, right? Like we're both getting something valuable from the relationship, but even more importantly, our clients are because they're getting a more robust experience. Yeah, true. And um, again, also a great, uh, a great example. You, you mentioned you white list, um one of the form of joint ventures that you do is a white listing your services to a to another um a, another service provider so that means that uh, it's your service but you don't put your brand on it right so they basically subcontract out to me my framework and process is still branded under brand individuation but they are able to present it as a collaboration in collaboration with their brand. Uh, okay. Okay. Great. Oh, great. Uh, also, also, also a great lesson because we have that a lot in, yeah, in the, in, in the service industry, a lot of small, small service providers getting together to provide a kind of um, 360 degree uh, service to the client and they get together but sometimes you you have a, a pretty big uh, company um, collaborating with a, a subcontractor and that that subcontractor doesn't um, doesn't talk about his company his or her company or his or her organization mm -hmm. uh, yeah okay okay I yeah get it. and that can be a missed opportunity oh it's uh, in every case it is actually <laughs> because uh, as as long as you as long as you do good work it's it, it's always a uh, word of mouth is uh, does always exist so uh, if we know that good work has been done by uh, amber brooks but we don't know that it's brand individuation uh yes then it would be a, it would be a misopportunity in any case yeah yeah. And um, and do you work with? Um, so you say that you work with uh, companies that are more impact focused, uh, and you are yourself based in the United States. Do you work only with companies that are there, or do you work internationally? You know, that's funny. I started my business solely online, which is the complete opposite from what most people I think I've met do a lot of people start locally and then try to branch out online but I worked backwards I'm really good at doing things backwards in my life <laughs> so I went to online first just because of my life circumstances and then in the path at the beginning of last year actually was when I started doing more in person and local which you know as I mentioned before the relationships are just, they're at a different level than what you are able to reach from a remote position. So I have had clients all over the world. I've had clients in England. I've had clients in New Zealand, Australia, but you know, it's just different when you can show up and be in the same room. Yes. Yes. Uh, and and um, but the, the, does that impact the, the fact that you work with a client remotely or or uh, on site? Um, does that make the uh, 
requirements analysis, the analysis of the audience identity faster when you're face to face or? It doesn't um, because I don't meet the client's audience in person. I still interview them by phone, by Zoom, those sorts of things. I think for me, it just takes the relationship between service provider and client to another level. The process is still the same. The outcome is still the same but it's a stronger relationship that you're building with your client, in my opinion, from my ex experience. Yeah, yeah, great, great. And uh, uh, because how do you see the, 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 the market, your industry? So uh, the branding and, uh, and, and, and marketing service providers, my impression is that there are a lot Uh, of them in, in the market there are a lot i don't know how many but it looks to me that there are like i don't know thousands of uh, of uh, brand specialists or, or or marketers uh how do you um i want to ask how do you differentiate yourself or how um yeah maybe how, how do you differentiate yourself or uh, um is there is there a different experience that we get by uh, by working with you compared to the majority of the marketers That's a really good question. And if you're going to work with someone who helps you differentiate yourself, you better be sure that they are differentiated as well, right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of brand strategists. There's a lot of web designers out there. Yes. <laughs> The thing is, a lot of brand strategists and marketers and web designers, they're focused on the action, like the one thing, right? They're focused on building out the brand's visual identity, or they're focused on building a website, or they're focused on creating copy, right? Mm -hmm. The difference is in the foundation. So with the brand identity and marketing guidelines that I create, it doesn't just set up their one and done branding and website. It gives them a playbook that they can use for their whole team to carry out not only their branding, but also their entire marketing strategies for long-term sustainability and long-term success. So we talk about not only the key messaging, not only the you know brand words, the brand phrases, the brand story, Well, we also talk about, okay, well, where are your people actually hanging out? Where are they finding service providers? Or where are they finding the solution that you're providing? And how do we communicate on those specific platforms in the way that works for your brand specifically? Because we can't, we can't all communicate in the same way. Not of all of our people are on all of the platforms. We have to be very strategic about how we are leading people along that user experience and along that client journey. A lot of people don't bring those pieces together into the marketing. We tend to keep brand, marketing, and sales in completely different compartments. And that's a missed mark. We need to be bringing those things together. We need to be infusing the brand into all of our marketing. We need to show up on a mission in everything we do. 
We can't just say it in a mission statement. It has to be everywhere. It has to even be in our internal branding structures. It has to be talked about with our team and lived out. So these are the kinds of foundations that I help businesses set so that we're not just looking at things from a present standpoint. We're also looking at it for long-term sustainability. Yes, Yes, uh, it's a great uh, it's a great point, and uh, to me, it's like there are parallels with other industries uh, in which you have uh, companies like you going at the at the core of the uh, of the identity of the company, and then from that core, you derive all the uh, the, the the services that need to be uh, provided. Or you have other companies, which is the majority of the companies, they focus on, a, on a, as you said, the action, just execute the task of, of uh, creating a website, the task of creating a, creating a logo, and mm-hmm. that's called marketing agency. But marketing is more than a, than a set of tasks that you execute, basically. And, uh, yeah, it's a whole ecosystem, and it has to continue to run. Yes, yes. No, that's great. Uh, also, I, I, I wonder because you, you, to to me, the thing that I am, uh, I'm still uh, impressed is that you, it's very early that you uh, discovered this world and that you uh, started your own uh, your own business. Do you have any uh, uh, mentors or coach or role model that you follow in your uh, in your industry? Mm, that's a good question too. I don't have any mentors or coaches in my industry. I'm very self-taught and self-motivated. However, I do have coaches. I do have people that I look to for inspiration. I do have platforms that I look at and trends that I look at. I like to watch how humans interact with each other and how the landscape changes and try to think about what's coming. So there are people in this space that inspire me, but at the same time, I'm always striving to just continue to improve upon myself. So I feel like if I'm constantly learning And I'm constantly watching what other people are doing. And most importantly, the audiences of these businesses and organizations and how they're responding. That's the best mentor you could ever have. Yes, yes. By uh, by looking at directly the, the reactions of the their audience. Okay. Okay, great, great. Uh, and it, again, again, it's, it's, it's impressive. <laughs> you have never been, uh, have you ever been uh, offered Uh, coaching service or uh, whatever you know because you start a business you have uh, you never you never had service providers telling you okay you should be uh, in my coaching program or my uh, I don't know startup program and oh oh sure we get pitched coaching all the time right <laughs> like exactly. all of us do it's <laughs> constant it's just the coaching is so saturated but I mean it's just I think it's about knowing what your values are, what's important to you and how to keep your eyes on your own vision and knowing 
which of those things are going to serve you in which you can just look past and figure out how to pave your own way sometimes. I mean, a mentor can all almost always take you there faster if they are where you want to be. Mm-hmm. But if you don't find the right mentor who's where you want to be, maybe it's not about finding a mentor. Maybe it's about finding other opportunities to get there. Yes, yes, uh, that's a great that's a great lesson. Uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty. That's honestly that's uh, that's pretty impressive. So you you started early uh, your uh, entrepreneurship uh, before before copywriting. Were you working in another industry, or you just came out of uh, out of school? I was. So I was going to college and I was also consecutively an editor and then a managing editor and then a med- editor in chief for a literary anthology while I was going to college. And I got my BA in December of 2016. Mm-hmm. And I realized when I got out of college that the idea that I had for myself didn't really match up to the reality of the environment we're in. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you think you're going to get out of college and you're going to be able to get this much better job just because you have a degree now. And it's not really like that. Like (laughs) you have to have basically like five to 10 years experience in addition to that great degree. And if your drive doesn't match the opportunities available, then you have to create your own opportunity to come to meet your drive. (laughs) Yes. Uh, That's such a great, uh, great uh, quote that you just uh, mentioned in unintentionally, but you just said a great quote and uh, and and a great lesson. And I think it summarizes well uh, our conversation. You basically created your own uh, your your own opportunity very early in your uh, professional career, uh, and I think that is impressive. And I was asking about mentors and coaching, and I was uh, I don't know maybe I was thinking oh, she she must be a coach by uh, whoever has 20 years of experience in uh, <laughs> in marketing but still no uh, <laughs> so uh, you're really uh, yeah self self taught self motivated self starter uh, and uh, i think that's uh, that's impressive also the fact that you focus on on a certain type of company companies that have a positive uh, impact on uh, on society uh, that, that that that's great because then you you combine uh, skills pleasure and the the because pleasure because you like to work for those uh, for those companies and uh, uh, and you can make a living out of it so uh, that that's great um, with all those things that we have uh, that 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 we have learned uh, for, by uh, discussing uh, discussing with you uh, I have one uh, one last question which is uh, uh, the question I ask at every at the end of every episode. Uh, and uh, the podcast is called Consulting Lifestyle, and uh, you actually um, said that you uh, that you will you started by uh, providing services remote due to uh, life circumstances. So I'm curious, what for you is a uh, consulting having a consulting lifestyle? Yeah, consulting is about freedom. It's about freedom to step into who you can be without the limitations that the outside world places on you or tries to place on you. It's about the freedom to take the circumstances you're given in life 
and decide that you're going to create a different future than what most people would assume that you can create with those circumstances. It's all about freedom and opportunity and choice for me. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And I am in agreement. So freedom, opportunity, and choice. Thank you very much, uh, Amber Brooks from uh, Brand Individuation. Uh, and uh, for sure, we will try to uh, talk again, talk again soon. And thanks for coming on the podcast. I would love that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Consulting Lifestyle Podcast. Leave a review on iTunes if you have enjoyed the episode and subscribe to the podcast so that you get notified to hear other episodes with your host, Diogène Irandekoura.